Welcome all you creatures of the night. We now go to a place somewhere between myth and realism. A journey to a spot where the line between truth and falsehood are out of balance. A place where something you thought to be true, a foundation to the very reality you have made was not what it seemed to be. In fact, in light of new evidence, your reality could take a very horrific and bloody turn. Be prepared to be surprised. Somewhere amongst the shadows, you may find sanctuary, but do you dare take the plunge? This is the latest episode of It Records. I'm Matt Johnson. And I'm Peter Hansen. And dare I say, you're becoming quite a storyteller there, Matt. Oh, well thanks, Pete. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to get better week after week. I'm trying to find fine-tune craft as well as I can to draw draw the listener in. <laughs> but I appreciate, appreciate the words. This week, well, well, this week we watched the 1998 classic, classic horror film, Urban Legends, um, directed by Jamie Blanks, right? Blanks? Jamie Blanks, I believe? Yes. Oh, he, he did Valentine, I know, as well. I tried to craft the uh, the opening to sound like an urban legend as much as I could. And uh, very well you did. Thanks, Pete. And, and with that being said, now that we know it's urban legend, this is around the time you have a creepy headline for us. Pete, do you have a creepy headline for us? I do, and it is in fact an urban legend itself. Oh, look at you. <laughs> You're just tying it all in. <laughs> and it is called... The clown statue. Clown statue, okay. Yes. And I'm going to have a little story as well for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> So-and-so's friend, a girl in her teens, is babysitting for a family in Newport Beach, California. The family is wealthy and has a very large house. You know the sort. With ridiculous amount of rooms. Anyways. I know it. I know the sort. <laughs> Anyways, the parents are going out for a late dinner slash movie. The father tells the babysitter that once the children are in bed, she should go to the specific room and watch TV there. The parents take off, and soon she gets the kids into bed and goes to the room to watch TV. She tries watching TV, but is disturbed by a clown statue in the corner of the room. She tries to ignore it for as long as possible, but it starts freaking her out so much that she can't handle it. She resorts to calling the father and asks, Hey, the kids are in bed, but is it okay if I switch rooms? The clown statue is really creeping me out. The father says, Seriously? Get the kids, go next door, and call 911. She asks, What's going on? Dare I do it? Dare I go on even further? (laughs) Oh, please do. I'm intrigued now. (laughs) He responds, Just go next door, and once you call the police, call me back. She gets the kids, goes next door, and calls the police. When the police are on the way, she calls the father back and asks, So really, what's going on? He responds, We don't have a clown statue. He then further explains that the children have been complaining about a clown watching them as they sleep. Ooh. What? He and his wife had just blown it off, assuming that they were having nightmares. The police sure. arrive and apprehend the clown, who turns out to be a midget, a midget clown. 
I guess he was some homeless person dressed as a clown who somehow got into the house and been living there for several weeks. He would come into the kids' rooms and at nights and watch them while they sleep. As the house was so large, he was able to avoid detection, surviving off their food. He had been in the TV room right before the babysitter came there, and she entered and she didn't have enough time to hide, so she just fr- so he just froze in place and pretended to be a statue. What? That is the bizarre story I've ever heard. This is a, this is a true creepy headline. This I, happened. I tried to deliver. <laughs> oh man! And deliver you did. Is this fairly recent? It's you know? it's an urban legend, so it's hard to say sure. if it actually happened. It's hard to pinpoint it down. Yeah. yeah. So it 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 kind of rings with like the calls from coming upstairs a little bit. Yeah, which which we'll hear uh, happens in this movie. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, it does play on that a bit. And I remember you were giving me a little insight before we started the podcast. I, I thought that's where you were going with this urban legend creepy headline when you said someone's in the house. I thought you were going to be the, oh, someone's calling from upstairs. But nope, this took a different direction. <laughs> still terrified me. <laughs> Just a different spin off the same story. Exactly. And that that is basically what an urban legend is. And the the premise for this movie and i'll go into that if you no one's seen it it's been out for almost 20 years now that's weird to think weird to think but um basically it's straightforward a group of college students at the fictional university of pendleton university in new england um are all suspects in a series of bizarre deaths that are connected to certain urban legends and they also all sit in the same folklore class now, preface with this, Pete, now that people have a general idea of the movie, you and I both w- decided to watch this film, not based on any sort of Rotten Tomatoes ratings, if anybody goes to check it out. <laughs> it's not rated very high, but it's a guilty pleasure of Pete's and I's. Um, I, don't, I don't know what it is. Um, maybe it's that 90s horror that really draws me in nostalgia, I guess, but uh, it's a guilty pleasure of mine, this movie. I would agree, and it kind of became... A discussion where we wanted to kind of switch it up episode wise where we did we kind of did like mid 2000s we did a, we did 80s we did a little 70s and then we're like oh we didn't do 90s yet and i was like i don't want to do scream just yet because that's the obvious right. choice <clears throat> and then you're just like urban legend just as <laughs> it was not as popular, but very popular at the time, and yeah, kind of the same idea where it's how it's meta, essentially a scream ripoff. Dare I say? Because it's true. <laughs> uh, it really is. It's a it's a watered down ripoff of what Scream tried to do, very much so. And I think it it was definitely popular at the time, or they wanted it to be as popular as Scream because let, let's go over the cast if we can. If you haven't seen. <laughs> A young Jared Leto is a lead in this. Tara Reid was in it. Um, and for horror fans, Robert Ingold was in it as the uh, the professor, as the main professor who's who's uh, who's Freddy in The Nightmare on Elm Street. Am I, am I missing some? Oh, uh, Joshua Jackson from Mighty Ducks, if you will, and Dawson's Creek. 
Michael Rosenbaum, if you watched uh, Smallville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's he's, right. He's Lex Luthor. He's Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daniel Harris, who's the goth roommate, who's alum with horror movies. She's in Halloween 4 and 5. And a couple other ones. I can't... I think one of the Hatchet movies, I want to say. And you can't forget about Brad Duroff. Chucky, as he is most famously known as he is that gas attendant in the beginning of the movie wow the uh the stuttering gas attendant was was chucky I, yeah let's clap i again. had no idea thanks pete thanks for the little uh, nugget of knowledge there but <laughs> but really i mean just that idea and robert Ingalls was in it it's kind of reminiscent of what the 90s horror was what really <laughs> kind of saved it during this time period we can we can launch into that just so we can get a basic understanding of what 90s horror was, at least to us, is it was a time when the genre was dying, I would say. A lot of uh, sequels were being made from Halloween still. H2O came out around this time. Uh, another Candyman. Um, and Hellraiser. Even Hellraiser had a sixth movie, I think, come out in the 90s. But what really kind of gave a new new birth to the genre and got people coming to the theaters was, was Scream, 96. I believe, 96, and it was very <laughs> meta. I think you would agree with that, Pete, is that it was almost the characters were aware of what was going on and the audience could relate to what was was happening. They, they were aware of every stereotype, trope, what the killer was going to do. Um, and it kind of um, was almost a parody of the genre, but was still kind of terrifying. It was fun for the audiences again. Yeah, because it was making it really fresh because the slasher genre was just being done to death in the 80s and then it carried over to the 90s where there really wasn't any slashers of note for a while until Scream came along. True and then you got a lot of movies that kind of followed up that were watered down versions of it that were pretty shitty um, and other ones that were were kind of trying to do the same formula and were, were pretty good that were that were interesting. You, I know what you did last summer is kind of a similar idea of teenagers and a mass killer and whatnot that Pete, you you do enjoy. Am Another I correct in that? Guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> Another guilty pleasure. And if you, I don't know if you knew this, but Sarah Michelle Geller, who's in I know you did last summer, was the who's Buffy, of course, um, was originally cast to play Natalie in this film. The lead character, but she had to turn it down because she chose to do I know you did last summer. So she opted, I think, for the better two. Better of the two. It'd be great if she was in both, though. <laughs> it would have been good. It would have been good. Might have, might have upped the value a bit. But just the idea of in those '90s horror films of them knowing kind of what was going on, um, the characters, especially in this movie and Scream and um, any of the other '90s uh, kind of teenage slasher films, if you will, and acknowledging the conventions of horror films within the film itself, um, they replicate and project the audience's own anxieties when you go to see it, and what they're witnessing in the theater could happen to them. So the lack of reliance on a supernatural, such as like uh, Freddy or Michael, um, the fact that all these murders could be committed by real people, it made real people have the terror of scream. It was palpable to us again. You couldn't leave the theater with the same assurance um, that as scary as the film as it was, the chances that something dwelled beneath your bed were slim. When the killer could be the person sitting next to you in the theater. Don't forget to check um, your back seat. Oh, uh, Oh, nice, Pete. <laughs> nice. Oh, 
a nod to urban legend, if you will. Yeah, it it was almost as if the, the killer was sitting next to you. You checked over your shoulder. Um, it was your best friend. And these movies also almost took place in a real world clock. Um, it didn't take place over months and years. A lot of the time, it was like uh, like this movie took place over like three days, and it just seemed like you were. They were reflexive. You you could relate to the characters, but as well as it just seemed like it was happening as it would actually happen in real life, the same time period. I think that was a very definitive element of 90s horror. That scream started and did the best. (laughs) I would Mm -hmm. have to agree. (laughs) Yeah. And along with that being said, if you have anything to add to this, Pete, a lot of them seemed almost... Uh, judging the, the line of like uh, psychological thrillers with police procedurals it was um, not so much gore and guts as a slasher and there was almost always a happy ending where there was a reveal at the end of who the killer was uh, you, you had to figure it out there was a lot of cop involvement that happened in these films would you agree with that idea add anything to it or am I way off base with my 90s horror no I would say you're pretty much right on the money except for this one where there's a very lack of cops <laughs> there's one <laughs> one security guard who is obsessed with Pam Greer <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right oh. she's like but, duck you sucker I, I mean I know that's not even a Pam Greer reference but just the way she just like uh was just like watching Foxy Foxy Brown, I think it was. And she was just like, yeah, it was. Gun out <laughs> in the, her office, and she's like, duck or whatever. She's just like yelling out all the all the lines of the movie. And I'm just like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what am I watching right now? And that that went on for quite some time. It wasn't like a, a three second clip. It was uh, it's almost a full scene. <laughs> it's a full scene of her reenacting what she was watching on TV. Definitely uh, a gem of the movie, I would say. Oh, definitely. Kind of reminded me of, uh, here's a little sidetrack, Scream Queens. Have you watched that at all? I have not. Oh, there's, I have not watched Scream there's Queens. There's a security guard in that movie who's just, like, really ridiculous like that, but even <laughs> more so, mm-hmm. and it's really great. Yeah. Almost like a Dewey, if you will. That's a, that's a Scream reference, everybody? Oh, okay. Uh, scream. I, uh... <laughs> I definitely missed that. <laughs> it's been it's been a it's been a couple years since I watched. No, I don't know. It's been a while since I watched Scream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You watch it so often, you, you want to branch out. You, you watch movies so much, you got to branch out and see the other stuff. I'm a similar boat. Um, but we can get back to urban legend and really what we thought '90s horror was. What Scream created. But we've also kind of said how we think this movie was subpar um, to Scream and what it tried to do. Maybe we can get into depth of what it uh, what it brought to the table, what for '90s horror at least, and where, where it lacked thereof. Well, I don't know if it really like brought anything new or like great to the table. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's just a really entertaining movie because of like how kind of dumb and smart it is at the same time where mm-hmm. I would say watching it again I think this is like the second or third time I've watched this movie 
that I like forgot who the killer was <laughs> and then I yeah. was trying to figure it out and I didn't like really figure it out because I was like everyone's like a valuable suspect except for like, oh yeah the one who actually is the killer <laughs> and then I was just mm-hmm. like oh okay that that's why because I I don't know I was uh not thinking too hard of it because it's a slasher. <laughs> yeah, it is. But did it help, Pete, at the end? Um, no spoilers. I won't say who the killer is. Um, but you do get a reveal. You get a reveal who the killer is. Did it help that she uh, she had a visual aid? <laughs> that she had a visual aid to tell you why she did it? Why he did it? Oh, man. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that was... <laughs> That was the best part of the movie for me. It took me out of it. <laughs> I think uh, she had a slideshow and projector ready. It came out of nowhere, almost. <laughs> yeah, it was an intense scene. But uh, I think we should. Uh, you know what? Let's just play the. Yeah, I, I can't explain it. Play enough. the clip, and uh, this part being full spoilers because it just—you <laughs> could probably tell who the killer is from the the soundbite that we're gonna pull, and and uh, here it is. Gotcha. I must say, Natalie, you have proved your friendship to me. Coming all the way out here to rescue me without even a little pepper spray to defend yourself. Very endearing. Excuse me? I'm sorry, but I can't understand a thing you're saying, doll. Now, if I remove the gag, you've got to promise me that you won't scream. Lord knows I had enough of that with Sasha. You're fucking crazy. <laughs> I prefer the term eccentric. Yeah, I guess you could say I'm a little nutty. Why? 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 You still haven't figured it out, have you? Well, look for you, Miss Thang. I've got a visual aid. There I am, Natalie. With my boyfriend. The love of my life. Have you found the love of your life yet, Natalie? Of course not. She's self-involved to bother. Pick ring any bells, Nat? Oh man, it it still gets scene. me She's every time. Off I love wall. it so much, and I love the supercut that whoever put this together of that final climactic scene. Thank you, thank you for that. Oh no, yeah, like you needed to see it. You need to see the break from the normal character you've seen, but it's it's a, like a one eighty flip. Like it's almost. Uh, Almost too much. Where I, I still didn't really buy the motive. I know you're not like really meant to, but I was still I was I guess confused by the motive of it all. 
You're like, you like was... almost forget. You're like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you do. You almost kind of like, oh, that's why it's happening. That's right. Oh. And uh, that just jogged my memory. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, or you do, maybe you've seen the the cover. The killer, you don't you don't see them, but what they're wearing is is sort of a, I don't even know the brand, but it's a winter coat, a winter coat with like the fur around the, the hood, and you flip it up, and you can't see the killer's face. That's that's what hides them, and you know a killer's coming. But Pete, I have to mention, everybody has that coat in this movie. It seems like. But there's no real significance to it. Like the swim teacher has it, Professor Wexler has it. I mean, everybody has it, and it's never really mentioned that. Like, oh, I have that coat, or you have that coat. I, I don't. And it's warm. Yeah, it and seems warm. no one else is really wearing coats. <laughs> but they just wear a parka or whatever the hell it is, just for the hell of it. <laughs> it 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 bugged me, but <laughs> it just I didn't really pick up on it until this viewing. It's just one of those. Uh, uh, like psych scare, like a a fake scare, if you will, in these movies. Yeah. Um, speaking of the fake scares again, Pete, this movie used that technique almost too much. I want to say um, the creep, the creep sound or the creep scare, where you kind of there's a character on screen. Um, they don't take up the whole frame, and it's panning over, and there's going to be someone there or something there, and you have that loud screech. <laughs> I feel like that happened like. It was way too much. Where and sometimes every third time it might have been actually the killer. Or something. <laughs> sometimes it'd be her friend, and she'd be like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Too much. It was too much. I, it lost the uh, the uniqueness of it that, that it was supposed to scare me. That's just like, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, where slashes just did that all the time, so it kind of just oh, fell yeah. under that trap. Where they just like, oh man. I don't know what we're going to do. This movie's like 30 minutes. So let's just put in every every 30 minutes. Let's just put in a, a, a fake scare. <laughs> yeah. Keep them engaged. Keep the kids engaged. With that being said, I really enjoy this film. <laughs> no, I was I was going to say the same thing. It's it's our guilty pleasure. Like I've been knocking it, but I go back to it all the time. Like I watch Urban Legend. And I think it's just it's so quick. It's like it's just under an hour and a half or just around an hour and a half and it's boom 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 uh from from the get-go. It's just death death death. And and you you buy into the the premise of the movie. It's not too cerebral. It's there's a killer by Urban Legends. Very rewatchable. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's just it's definitely a movie I feel like that's like you're with a group of friends, almost. It's like a group of friends. Let's watch a a horror movie. It's one of those nostalgic '90s teenage hangout movies. It's for me, that's what this one is. And I didn't even watch like horror movies in the '90s, but I definitely got that same kind of feel because it just like reminded me of like being a little kid in the '90s and like kind of thinking of yeah. like the absurdity that I remember of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I didn't experience because I was too young. <laughs> I wasn't a teenager. <laughs> oh man! All that yeah. awful fashion and but I was a slacker. Awful! Though. I was a real slacker <laughs> in the nineties. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh. 
Well, we've kind of ripped into <laughs> Urban Legend, or we've given you some context of what we think 90s horror was, why we chose it. Pete, we've done it in the past. Do you have any sort of trivia or things we should know about Urban Legend? What went, in, what went into this filming? Um, There was, like... I feel like the trivia for this movie wasn't as... Uh, notable is for other films we've done. Is this like a lot of like rejected cast calls? <laughs> it seemed like yeah, I, like Reese Witherspoon turned down a role. Like you said earlier, Sarah Michelle Gellar had to do mm. other things. Um, I don't even know how to say this woman's name, but Jodie Lynn O'Keefe, I want to say, was offered the role of mm-hmm. Sasha, but she turned it down to take part in Halloween H two O. Twenty years later, so there's like, okay. Little stuff like that. Melissa Joan Hart also turned down the role. <laughs> These like ninety stars are just like they're just asking as many of them as they can. <laughs> yeah, they tried to get. I think that was another thing Scream did, at least with their marketing, is they tried to put a star-studded cast together, and you wouldn't know who the killer was or who was going to die when, sort of a thing. With Drew Barrymore in Scream, um, she was on the cover, she was cast, but she dies in the opening scene and it kind of threw the audience for a loop. I think they were trying to again replicate what had happened. Get anybody in as they could. Um, a little trivia that I found that I don't really want to say for spoiler's sake, even though we've spoiled a bit. Um, if you get it, they give away who the killer is at the very beginning with uh, what the uh, the motto for Pendleton University is. It's in Latin. It's it's I mean it's it's bold in frame. They show it a few times, but if you translate what it means in Latin, you'll know who the killer is. So, if you know Latin and you can read it quick, you'll know by the like the second scene of the movie who the killer is. It was a little gem they threw in there. Oh, a little a little interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. As well as there's a we said Robert Engel is the the folklore professor who plays Freddy Krueger, but when you go into his office. Real quick, you see a shot of a little Freddy Krueger doll stashed away in his desk. That's in there as well. If you get a glimpse of it. Next to the the axe. I actually missed that one, but to kind of change gears for a second, which one was your favorite death of the film? Ooh, favorite death. I think I, think, I, think I go always... When I think of this movie, so it's going to be my favorite, I go Pop Rocks. <laughs> the Pop Rocks death. I mean, I mean, it's boom, boom. It's so quick. I mean, it's two deaths, really, back-to-back really quick. But the Pop Rocks death does it for me. With the, You're talking about, was it, Michael Rosenbaum? <laughs> mm-hmm. Lex Luthor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got, he's got hair. <laughs> yeah, he's got hair in this one. Oh, what about you, Pete, though? I actually really What's like... It's one of the earlier ones, is uh, with that the jokester, you know, the guy from Dawson's Creek, where uh, yeah, oh yeah, I just like how she like drives away and it just is hangs him, and it's just like the killer Mm -hmm. is hit by the car like twice, (laughs) but that's true. But is able to get away. (laughs) Yeah, get up slowly, walk away. No problem. I I don't. For some, I thought it was like a for a big budget or like. A mainstream movie. I thought that was like a death that was kind of messed up and kind of mm-hmm. 
creative, even though it was like an urban legend, but it was cool seeing it on film for like mm-hmm. for horror purposes. No, that was a good one, and it kind of uh, was the jumping off point for the film. I know there's an opening kill sequence, but it, what we you weren't connected, you didn't know the main character, and there was a lot of exposition until that scene, and it was really gripping, and it kind of spiraled the film into the deaths and the action of where we were going. So that was a good, a good urban legend death, Pete. Good choice. Still, Pop Rocks for me always will be number one. Um, <laughs> but also, just speaking of the 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 deaths, obviously all urban legend. I will have on the on our website. I counted every urban legend, not only death in this movie, but just mention, either by word of mouth or on paper. I'm gonna have a, a list, a counter every time urban legend was mentioned in the movie Urban Legend. It's a lot, Pete. <laughs> I'm not gonna give it away, but I'm gonna put it in detail on our website. Something that I want to show everyone is that how great Daniel Harris's lines are in this movie. Oh the, God, the, yeah. The goth roommate, and didn't didn't we find something for her? Like a we did. <laughs> we do have uh, all of her dialogue actually from this film, which is. Which is brief and fleeting, but yet so, so good. (laughs) And I just want to play it for everyone right now. Just please, (laughs) I think they'll enjoy it. Please enjoy. Oh man, never gets old. Never gets old. And her part really—it always stands out to me. Thinking of this movie, like it, it, she's not in the main friend group. She she's a roommate. She's the roommate. She's of main not character. very well liked at all. <laughs> no, like nobody seems to like her. And there, there's even a really oh, insensitive comment, like way, like way. I thought way over the top after her death scene. Like one of the people outside. The uh, the room says to, like one of the paramedics coming in, and I was like, "Whoa, you would never say that! You would never say that after someone passed." What did he, what did he, what did he say again? Do you remember? She she was like, "You might want to check her pulse or something, because she usually always looks like that or something, <laughs> something to that effect." And I was like, "Whoa, she's dead! Like, how can you say that? <laughs> Even if you didn't like her, that's messed up." It's just like how she gets introduced. Like, she just turns on the lights, and then she's just having sex with some guy, and like, <laughs> aggressively. <laughs> and she's like, turn off the lights! And I'm just like, what a crazy Whoa. way to introduce someone. Yeah. I mean, it caught my attention. They they knew what they were doing. <laughs> she's etched in our brains forever now. In and scene. I just love how they incorporate, like, a, an internet chat room very early on. Like, oh yeah, some AOL really early stuff. It was uh, what was it called? It was like, uh, the, it was, I, it, it's at the top. It's like goths for you yeah. or something like that. Was the chat room? <laughs> uh, I wish I remembered it's it. It's got it's like goths for some. I think it's like goths for us or 
It's something. It's, it's like yeah. something dumb. <laughs> <laughs> the inception of chat rooms. Pete, then we talk about this movie, and we didn't think it was the best per se, but it's a guilty pleasure. With that, what do you think the budget was first, and then did it make it back, and how much? How much money did it make? That's kind of unfair because I kind of like saw it briefly when I looked at the Wikipedia page to remember the characters' names and then forgot the characters' names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just refer to them as like Smallville yeah. Guy, Lex Luthor, Dawson's Creek. <laughs> as they are very memorable, obviously. But um, it was a modest budget, I believe. You know, it was like, wasn't it like $14 million or something like that? You know, it wasn't like fourteen million. It was fourteen million. You nailed it. And they actually almost made it back in the first weekend. Opening weekend was ten million. Ten million dollars, and then overall, seventy-two and a half million dollars. This movie made. That's actually a pretty high budget at the time. I want to say because um, sure. Big budget movies. I mean, their their budgets now are so much higher, but like. As an example, like mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, you know, that has like, I think it's like, I mean, that's actually a terrible example because that's like a hundred million. <laughs> yeah. But um, other movies at the time, I think like the average bigger budget movies were like 25 million. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, like it was pushed aside or anything. It, they gave it a decent amount of money to oh, work yeah. with. Yeah, I think they thought. It, I mean, and it did. It earned a lot of money. They they got back what they wanted, but I think they were think hoping it was going to be a success, a blockbuster success on the on the same lines as Scream. They went out all out with the cast and everything. Well, as we said, with its success, it then spawned some sequels to this film. Two sequels, right? I've seen so three in I've total. Seen one of them. <laughs> I've seen the second Urban Legend, Urban Legend Final Cut, years ago, though. I, I was tempted to watch it, like, back-to-back. I watched Urban Legend, and I was like, it's right here. Maybe I'll check it out, see how the second one goes. Didn't. Still probably will. But I saw it a long time ago, and then, which features, and that movie features a young Eva Mendes, correct? Yeah. In that one? Yeah. Eva Mendes is in the second Urban Legend. And then the third one came out. A little. It was the second one came out basically like a year or two yeah, after it was like the first 2000 one. When it came out, yeah. And the, but then the, the third one was like five or six years after that, and that's Urban Legends Three, Bloody Mary, which takes a turn from the whole urban legend idea. I mean, it's like a demon. I mean, Bloody Mary is an urban legend sort of thing, but the deaths aren't as much urban legends, per se. They kind of they incorporate it a little bit more, but it seems like it's kind of doing more of a supernatural kind of thing. It could have been a different movie. It could have been a movie called Bloody yeah. Mary instead of Urban Legend, yeah. And that movie stars Kate Mara. If anybody watches House of Cards at all or saw Martian, she's in a movie called Happy Thank You More, Please, and her sister is Rooney Mara. So these movies have some, some people in them, some stars in them. But Pete... This is the time we've all been waiting for. I'm sure everybody's been <laughs> waiting for it. Is the defend or destroy? I'm, I'm really interested to see what your response is going to be because I know we both 
have this as a guilty pleasure. We both chose it, but we know critically it's not well. So I want to hear, are you going to defend or destroy Urban Legend? Well, I think... Drum roll, please. <laughs> I think you should know, because I'm, I'm a real softy when it comes to horror. <laughs> I have seen some yeah. pretty awful movies and have sat through way worse... With that being said, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I definitely, I would say I defend this because it just, it's just a really entertaining movie, and mm-hmm. just watch it with a bunch of friends when on a rainy day. Who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're you're not gonna yeah. be disappointed. You're not, it's not really like a hard thinker. You know, you just kind of enjoying the ride, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna be defending probably a lot of movies. As may, many people may be annoyed by, but <laughs> that's just <laughs> deal with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a softy when it comes to horror movies. So, <laughs> all right, fair enough. Well, with that being said, you're gonna defend this movie. I mean, that seems crazy, but you know what? Call me nuts. I'm gonna defend <laughs> it too. I'm gonna defend it too. I know it's not the best movie ever made. Everybody who's seen it can say that, but it's so it's there's something to it. Maybe it's the nostalgia for the '90s horror, or um, it's just I don't know. It's just entertaining from start to finish. It's a simple premise. Just put it in, pop some corn, hang out with some friends, and just if you know what you're getting into, it's a '90s kind of slasher movie, and it's entertaining. I mean, the deaths are pretty cool. You, you buy into it. So I, I will defend it. And take, take, <laughs> take it or leave it. Take it or leave it, folks. I'm defending it. I thought you were going to throw a curveball on me on that one, honestly, because I would say you're a little harsher than I am. See, I, I know. I, I am. I can be a, can be a brute when it comes <laughs> to these movies. I, I destroyed Cloverfield. I destroyed Cloverfield in an earlier podcast. Which... and. It's probably a better movie, but... (laughs) No, no, it is a better movie. It is a better movie. Which was like... was like churning my gut. Just like, I can't defend this movie if I destroy Cloverfield, but I defend it, man. I think it's just because... It's just... There are two different movies, like... There's gonna be movies that I'm... Oh, yeah. Will ultimately probably destroy, too, or... That may end up being better than this movie, but, like... It's just the pure entertainment factor that this movie delivers... Line yeah, after line. <laughs> <laughs> Every perfect line of dialogue. <laughs> Every executed scene. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm glad we could agree and defend Urban Legend, Pete. But with that, I think we've we've wrapped up our conclusion, our thorough critical analysis <laughs> of the movie Urban Legend. And this won't be our last our last venture into 90s horror. Oh, no, but it was our first touch, our first glimpse into it since we have done all these other eras so far. But uh, look for the podcast. It'll be online soon. Check out our website. Pete, where can they find us at? If On WordPress, you know, if you search It Records Podcast, you should be able to find us, and we're working at it, trying to improve the website a step at a time and give you guys more content where mm-hmm. you could find additional information about how we researched into like a little bit about each episode and maybe a little blog here and there yeah and speaking of that um 
I'm going to be uploading my first blog very soon, um, along with our mini mini episode, which will be coming out um, following this podcast. The mini episode, where me and Pete will be talking about influential directors in the horror genre, who we who we think are influential, um, and we're going to talk about that. And I'm going to release release my blog, so please check it out. And we'll soon to be on Twitter and Facebook, so you can hashtag us as the kids are doing <laughs> uh, Facebook. Just give us any ideas, really, movies you'd like to see. Uh, ideas you'd like Pete and I to argue over in many episodes. We'd love to hear from you guys. And with that, um, that wraps it up for a pretty nice will, close. I would say that would I would say that wraps it up. We will uh, stay tuned. Please check into the mini episode. We'll be out next week with a new full length podcast as well. And until next time, I'm Matt Johnson. You know, I remain in the shadows. And I'm Peter Hansen, and I'm one step behind him with a knife. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, Pete, you continue to amaze me. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Please stay tuned. We'll be back on the airwaves next week.